Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for the 2021 season of Creativity and Compliance. Back again with Ronnie Feldman. Ronnie, welcome. Hey, happy 2021, everybody. So, Ronnie, um, for our first episode in 2021, we wanted to take a look at one of the most ubiquitous topics that has come up since the the coronavirus health crisis arose, arisen, uh, which is the working from home environment. And how do we use communications, creativity, ongoing communications to handle a wide variety of topics from the actual need for communications around compliance to uh, connecting with people, to checking in, to helping them maybe if, if they're having a, a struggle or a little bit of a downturn personally, uh, how do we do that? And maybe I could just ask you to talk about what you see as a problem in the working from home environment. This is a challenge that... Uh you know, hopefully we're, we're coming out on the other side of the, the pandemic in the not too distant future. But I think one of the things that this has shown us is that uh, work life has changed really f- forever. Like people are still going to be more flexible in the work from home environment. The video conferencing and video chat services are really pretty excellent. So I think that the, the, uh, the, the work from home environment is here to stay. Um, and, it does present a whole set of uh, some old and some new challenges um, where I think creative communications are more important than ever. But back to your question, what's the problem? Um, you said it right at the top. When people are not face-to-face with people, they get disconnected. Uh, when you get disconnected, you often lose trust. Um, you know, what when you know, when you're familiar, when you're, I, I sometimes think of it as like the good neighbor concept, you know, like when you see your neighbors regularly and you're nice to them, um, you're willing to forgive the time when their dog is barking at night or whatever, because you've established some rapport, some positive rapport that, um, so when bad things happen, you have uh, uh, the ability to sort of diffuse those situations. When people are separate and don't have that uh, connection, you often lose trust. You start to think, uh, everybody's in it for themselves. You start thinking, you know, like the everybody's doing it kind of attitude sort of seeps in. So I think this is a, this disconnection problem and this loss of trust is a real issue. If, if you don't find ways to, um, connect with people and share with people and interact with people. Um, and the other, uh, issue is that, um, you know, people feel invisible. Um, so you have, uh, you know, you still may be getting gifts sent to you now from vendors at home, but nobody knows about it. So there's that added risk of like people feel invisible. Um, and, uh, and plus there's some, there's also some new risks, you know, uh, some people have, there's pri- certainly a lot of privacy and confidentiality issues. Um, uh, you know, you're still coming across speak up issues and harassment issues and discrimination issues, but people are sort of in their own little pod. So I think the, the urge to bury those things, that makes it sound like it's active. It's not always burying them, but not bringing these things to light, not to actively bring things to light is, is, um, something that I think is a bit more common. 
Um, one other uh, additional challenge I guess I'll, I'll bring to light is also that, so in addition to the fact that these risks are, are still here and there's some new risks, um, it's also harder to communicate with people. The, the, the channels of communication are limited because companies don't necessarily want to um, train and communicate as often because um, they, they know how stressed people are in these other areas. Um, so it sort of limits your ability to get there. So these are all big challenges. We got those added risks and limited channels and, and the limited willingness to push out more training kind of puts um, uh, the importance of creativity and how you approach these kinds of communications. Uh, it brings it more to light. It brings it to the surface, the, the need and importance of that. And I'll maybe throw one other one in, uh, which is uh, multitasking. But here what I really mean is the compliance professional who may be a single mom or a single dad or a married couple with uh, three children under the age of five or three children that are teenagers. Um, the bottom line is that they have to engage with their children. They have to help with their children. Uh, they may be the uh, faux teacher for their children. Uh, in a learning from home environment. And uh, does that also uh, bring up additional challenges in the communications realm? Look, there's additional pressure on people. Um, a, a guy who, who does a lot of the creative work for, for my company has uh, three kids um, and his his wife works and he typically works from home and, he, and have his kids. Some of them are, are not necessarily, um, uh, they're not, um, taking to the distance learning. Um, so he's spending his daytime during childcare and he's doing his work at night. Um, and we know from, um, you probably know this more than I do, but like when you put pressure on, uh, you know, the work, additional pressure on the work environment, uh, it certainly can breed, um, the, the wrong kinds of behaviors. Um, right. When you put pressure on, on people and they have, uh, uh, and then bad situations come up, it, it makes it harder sometimes to do the right thing, particularly when resources and support are not as readily available or not, you know, in your face because you're all at home in your own areas. Ronnie, having identified the problem, could you maybe walk us through some of the solutions that you see or you would uh, propose that a compliance practitioner consider? So those who have listened to this podcast before know that I'm a big advocate of short, frequent communications. Uh, I, I, I believe that that is, um, for a variety of reasons that we've just discussed on many podcasts, like the, the simplest and easy way to get visibility and to promote these very important things about here's the code, here's where the policies are, here's, what, here's how to speak up. Speaking up is confidential. Speaking up is something that we need to do to get the, the workplace better. Uh, here are the different ways that you can do that that are safe and anonymous. Um, these are messages that I think need to be elevated so that they are, um, as a compliance professional, you want these messages to be in front of people as often as possible. But we just talked about that that's a challenge. So um, in the work from home environment, people are still having meetings. They're just Zoom meetings or Teams meetings. Um, uh, they're still online communications and newsletters and an intranet site. Um, so there are channels available. 
but there's less of an appetite for the big bloated training push that because it takes people away from their from their work time. So we what we're seeing is that the value of short commercials and short trainings are more valuable than ever because you can put them in more places without taking up so much time. So you follow me? Like the whole idea is like let's think about think if you think of like commercials, you can give a short commercial for speaking up or a short commercial for the hotline or a short commercial that reminds people about conflicts or a short commercial about gifts and entertainment and give that short fun thing to department managers and say, play this prior to your Zoom meeting. Because you might get 30 to 60 seconds at the beginning of that meeting, particularly if it's interesting and entertaining. Um, whereas you might not get access to push that out regularly from the ethics office. Um, you might be able to play that commercial in another department's internet site or in another department's newsletter. So go to the places where people already are and put a presence there. And that presence isn't a training. It's, it's an advertisement that here are people who can help and support you. Here's where you go. Um, um, it's reinforcing the idea that there is a support system. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, even like other train, you know, like there's a, leadership training and high potential programs and product training and sales training, like these things are still going on. So instead of you being another thing on their agenda, embed within those things. Um, the other idea that's gained some popularity is uh, back pre-COVID, we were doing, we might have even done a whole show on this. We were doing live, we were doing live event support where we would create an online game, sh create a live game show or a live talk show or a live variety show. We, we would have actors portraying workplace behavior problems right. and then interviewing leadership about what to do about those problems. It's actually easier to do those shows now online via Zoom or via Teams. So I really love this idea because it's a way to provide visibility to the issues, getting leaders talking about the importance of integrity, tone from the top, mood from the middle. But you don't want that to be a talking head video. You, you want that to be a thoughtful interview where people get insight into um, how leadership feels about these things. So this gets back to that whole trust thing. And so what we'll do is frame up that in the style of a, a you know, Colbert or Kimmel or Fallon, like, you know, put a host and a sidekick and a commercial, a fake commercial for the hotline and a top 10 list. But at the center of it, we're interviewing leadership about these issues. And you can package that up in these nice little 10-minute, quote-unquote, shows and push those out um, monthly. I feel like that's a great uh, – And you all, oh, by the way, you also can do things like viewer mail where you get um, employees to ask questions. So that's how you can get some back and forth and some um, – interactivity in those things. But all of these things are about building um, trust and keeping visibility and doing it in a way that's thoughtful and entertaining enough that people will actually watch and pay attention. So Ronnie, in uh, other areas of compliance, and I'm going to focus specifically on investigations, there's been a radical shift in how they're done because you can't get a hotline call, go hop on a plane and fly with uh, your outside counsel to you name the country, uh, Central Asia, Western West Africa, Far East, um, you have to do a investigation uh, basically either remotely or online. And 
that concept that you can't, you know, get on a plane, go somewhere and travel, it would seem to me that would that would trans, but that they've come up with alternative solutions. That would seem to me to be really work well in the education and communication space because we can't do live training. We're forced to do something different. So that being forced to do something different really gives an opportunity perhaps for not simply someone like yourself, but really a compliance practitioner to try something new, to try something different they may not have thought about before. Are you seeing any of that? I'm not seeing a whole uh, lot of this, which is one of the issues, which is why we're trying to offer up creative solutions to get the ethics team in front of people more frequently. Uh, um, whereas before, you they would show up at your sales meeting or you know, you're just sort of the, the road show, if you will. And part of the importance of that is visibility so they know your face and they know and trust you and they're likely to ask you for help and support. Um, so we think it's very important to find a way to get visibility. So even if you're not using like uh, the commercial concept that I just suggested where you create video content to push out, I th- certainly think it's important for ethics compliance professionals to ask for time on these uh, um, town halls and these other meetings where you can um, show your face. Um, the example I gave for the talk show was with leadership, but there's no reason that that couldn't be a thoughtful uh, uh dialogue um, with compliance so that compliance also gets visibility as well. This whole idea of, to me, everything that we do is about building trust and a sense of organizational justice. And to do that, you have to have visibility um, and and visibility in your messages and visibility in your people and visibility into your leadership. And, uh, and, and I think that the best way to do that is to do that in a, in a creative way. Uh, way. Um, I just realized there was another thought I had that I think I skipped over, but related to this, which is that, you know, what I've, we were just talking about in this just last five minutes was about getting visibility, ethics, compliance, and, and leadership. But we also want to um, get compliance out of the compliance office. And one way to do that is to give creative content, creative training and communications to leaders and asking them to carry the message forward. Um, I don't think this is contradictory. This is an and, not an or, um, because you want to, you certainly want to have visibility to leadership, visibility, and ethics, compliance, but you also want to like go, hey, you guys own compliance. And so the other thing that I get, uh, that my clients have been doing is taking some of our like creative case studies or our creative shows that have a little more educational rigor behind them and pairing them up with facilitator guides and giving them to ethics advisors, ethics ambassadors, or to mid-level managers and saying, you deliver this little 15-minute training um, at your local group. And I think that's also another valuable way to get creative um, in this work-from-home environment because you're like, all right, let's create packages of tools where they can kind of do these things at the local level. And I, I always remind everybody that the that they may not do it unless it's interesting or fun. So you got to give them uh, uh, an interest, an interesting packaging of it, and then they're more likely to do it. Well, Ronnie, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but um, we are excited about our next episode after this one because we're going to hopefully show uh, a company who put some of these concepts into practice. Could you give our audience just maybe a teaser? Well, yeah. So uh, at the end of the uh, uh, 2020, one of my uh, uh, core clients I've been working out with for for several years now, uh, BMO Financial, um, 
put together the, uh, a risks while working from home campaign. So we're going to talk to the people behind that campaign and have them share um, w- the, 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 the the creative program that they they created, um, the reasons behind it, the success of the program, and how we kind of came up with it. So uh, I hope you'll listen to that because uh, it was really a fun project and it was fun to work on. For those who are not uh, acronym uh, uh, sufficient, what's BMO? BMO Financial is the Bank of Montreal. They're a, a several hundred year old financial institution, one of the largest in the world, and they're based in Toronto. Well, I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode. As Ronnie said, we're going to talk to BMO and uh, some really creative stuff that uh, Ronnie helped them with around this issue. So, Ronnie, uh, want to say goodbye to our audience? Goodbye, audience. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.